Hello, and welcome back to yet another episode of the Snug Dan Nerdcast. I'm Kevin, and sitting across the table from me, I have the Dark Knight himself. Drops his phone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got Danny, as always. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Shit, are you alright, man? Uh, you, you want to that in? You want to you want to keep it in, or you want to redo the intro? We're keeping that in? Are you kidding me? That's gold. <laughs> so, uh, as we're recording, Danny just f- dropped his phone and then fell out of his seat. <laughs> God damn it! I dropped my phone again. Doesn't matter. We're gonna. I don't need it anyway. I don't have notes on it anyway. Um. Oh man. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> Uh, starting off a little rough there for you, huh? I was going to do like a little <laughs> Batman impression with the stupid ass voice that Batman actors usually do, but I, ew, I hate those <laughs> I'm not wearing so hockey pads. But um, that's not the case today because today, Kevin, um, today we're going to be talking about the audience already knows because they see the. Uh, <laughs> the title? The title. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Losing him. Yes, you guys see the title today. We're going to be talking about the Batman. It came out. When did that come out? Was that last week uh, for us or a couple weeks ago? I think it was a couple weeks ago. I want to say it was like a week and a half for us at this point. I believe so. Yeah. So the Batman came out, and for anyone that doesn't know, I'm all out of breath because I fell out of that <laughs> chair. Oh my god. Um. So the for anyone that doesn't know, um, or perhaps you do because you've listened to this show before, I have some feelings about Batman. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm I'm really when you offered to like do a whole episode on Batman, I was kind of surprised because I was like, you you're always so like dogging Batman, so I'm I'm interested to see. And like when we saw when we saw this uh, the ad for this or the the preview for this at the theaters. I remember distinctly you looking at me and being like, another Batman? Yeah. Really? Well, that's like the fourth (laughs) time they've rebooted him or something like that. Something crazy? There's been a lot of reboots for Batman. Like, yeah, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, I don't but, know. The, the, for some reason, there's there's been a lot of reboots of Batman in particular. Cause I people just, just I like guess Batman. They, well, they just can't get them right, I think. <laughs> for some reason, they try to do these weird... Whenever they... Um, whenever they, like, employ an actor to play Batman, they always want to add some kind of spin to Batman. And that spin just never sits right for me. I don't know, maybe... Maybe I just don't know the character, but we'll talk about it because in this movie he's played by Robert Patterson. Pat- Patterson? Pattinson. Pattinson. I always want to say Patterson. He's played by Robert, and um, we'll talk about it. We're yeah. gonna talk about it. So, Kevin, I guess without further ado, we'll just get right into it. Um, all right, Kevin. So let's sit down and we'll talk about uh, go over what do you, <laughs> what did you like about the movie, Kevin? Because I'll I'll be straight up. I liked the movie a lot. I, so I, I I had a lot of reservations towards Robert Pattinson as, uh, as Batman. How come? Um, I just, I, I'm not as familiar with a lot of his other work. Most people are like me and only know him from Twilight. Um, so of course, like, yeah, the first, the first thought was just like, "Ah, really? I don't, I don't know. But. 
I don't know. I kind of looked into some of the other stuff. He's actually got quite a bit of range. He's played a good range of characters in some of his different movies. Um, but, uh, more so than Edward. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was just one of those, like, I just, I had my reservations. I wasn't sure. I also, you know, like it, it almost felt like they were trying really quickly to erase the, uh, the last Batman that we had, which honestly, I don't think Ben Affleck actually did a bad job as Batman. I think that they just needed to give um, Zack Snyder more uh, room to do his thing. You know, wh- I think that's a cool... I think that's something we should probably start with is the other Batman movies. Did you ever <laughs> watch like the old, old ones, the very original ones? I've seen some of them. I, ne- um, I have never. The one the one that always like sticks in my brain is the one with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze, uh, which was... It was not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds weird, Mr. Freeze. Like it's it's classic, but it's not good. <laughs> huh. Um and then like we've had Jim Carrey as Riddler before, and honestly like Jim Carrey as the Riddler is like what you would expect to be the Riddler. 100% like that kind of crazy like uh, I actually that sounds fantastic. Jim yeah. Carrey as the Riddler? Really? But honestly, I I really liked this Riddler from from this newest Batman, I thought that they did a really good job with him. Okay, well we'll talk. We'll talk about him. I don't want to get in the movie <laughs> too deep yet. We'll so like this movie. What they what they did is they wanted to reboot Batman from like his origins or like mm-hmm. just becoming Batman. Even though in the movie, I guess he had been Batman for quite some yeah. time. So it's kind of a weird approach because they're like, this is going to be the Batman. Like this is his first like coming into the role of Batman, but he's been it for a little while. But I do like what they did with the themes of this movie and the kind of ideologies that they threw around. They're very interesting. But um, so going into this movie, the expectation is supposed to be that Batman isn't a figure yet in Gotham. I mean, he is because he's got the bat signal, but Mm -hmm. he's not the Batman. They don't know him as the Batman. They know him as vengeance the thing in the dark the thing that makes people afraid to do bad things in the night because he will pop out and kick your ass (laughs) yeah um the movie started really strong i think one Mm -hmm. thing i didn't expect out of this movie was so the brutality yeah like that from the get-go it's just really brutal um the Riddler breaks into dude's house. Are we gonna are we gonna talk about spoilers? Should we? Uh or should, should we try to do spoiler free? It's really hard to actually give an accurate review of how we feel about the movie without spoilers, if I'm honest. Um, so I I don't I don't want to go spoiler free on this, like so I guess here's your spoiler warning. Yeah, like spoiler obviously warning. listen no further. Obviously seeing that this is about the movie and you know, clicking on it, you should have known that it was just going to be Batman. So there were going to be spoilers, but in case, you know, you didn't really read that heavily and you just listened to the next episode because you just want to hear us talk. Um, Hello. yeah, we're, uh, <laughs> abandon we're, all surprise. Ye who enter. Yeah. Um, cool. Then. Yeah. So Riddler is like stalking. Uh, it's the, the guy running for mayor. Of he's Gotham actually running for time, re-election. Right? He's re-election the current mayor. mayor. Yeah. He's running for re-election as the current mayor of Gotham. Um, and one thing about Gotham that they did in this movie that I, that I like in the other movies, 
I remember I haven't seen Dark Knight in a while, granted. And that we'll come back to that in a little bit because that I'm sure is gonna change how I saw the movie versus how a lot of other people saw this movie. Because a mm-hmm. lot of people are comparing it to the Dark Knight, the first one. Mm-hmm. Even though we should be comparing it to the older ones, I guess. But a lot of people are comparing it to the Dark Knight because it's the best one. Oh, honestly, my opinion when it comes to comparing Batman movies, forget the other movies. Forget the other movies. Compare it to the comic. Uh, that that one's dangerous, I would say, because <laughs> you're never going to have like a super accurate comic book representation of it, I don't and think. I, I understand that, but like, so my thing is, is the problem is, is we always compare to the previous movie. We compare to the last, you know, person that held the mantle of whatever this character is, whenever there's a reboot. The problem is, is then we're going, well, I liked that one better, or I like this one better, and then once that becomes that, that you know, that sets the precedent. Now you have to try and beat that actor to be able to take that role. But personally, all of it's based on the comics. So whether, you know, there was another movie of the same thing or not, the comics exist. That should be your precedent for what you're, you're comparing it to. That's interesting. But then would you compare Joker to the comic? Because Joker is like in a totally original film, but he's a comic book character. I mean, I, I still haven't. I need to see it. Oh, I still God haven't seen damn it. Damn you, Kevin! Always <laughs> talking about me but I, on this. But show. I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't compare Joker from like the Joker from Joker to Heath Ledger. I'd compare him to the comic book or like Suicide Squad Joker to yeah. to another. Interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't compare Jared Leto's uh, Joker to Heath Ledger's Joker in how well they did, like how well they played the character, because neither of them are the presiding like information over it technically the comic books are the you know the original the baseline the start so it doesn't matter how similar jared leto and heath ledger's jokers were how similar their method of getting to a joker character was it matters how similar their character or how well their character portrayed the the comic book joker that they were portraying interesting i I like Jared Leto's Joker, to be honest with you, in Suicide Squad. I didn't I have a problem he was with very it. Joker. I, think, I didn't have I think a problem most with people it. just don't like Jared Leto. I think <laughs> is what like, like, I mean, it, everyone has kind of gotten used to the Joker having, like, having the the smile on his face in some way, whether it's scars or paint or, or whatever, something yeah. like that. But how the how the smile is on his face really isn't that big of a deal in my opinion um i think i think that jared leto did a good job with what he was given um knowing things about the joker i personally don't think that he would have dove back into the acid to collect harley personally because their thing was like she was always into him and he just kind of like her. used her. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I unless forgot that, that was a thing, <laughs> unless he thought that it was actually going to, you know, help to bring her back. Yeah, he would have. But like, uh, yeah, that I was think. the only, that was the only issue I had, but I didn't think that that was a Jared Leto decision. I thought that was a writing decision. So that's not on Jared Leto for, <laughs> you know? So as, as I was saying before, a lot of people are comparing this to the dark Knight, right? Mm hmm. So I, I'll probably bring that up a couple of times because that's what I think people are comparing them mostly not because of Batman, but mostly because it's the it's a good Batman movie versus yeah. a new Batman movie. Yeah. Um, but one thing that they did really good in, in this one is that um, Gotham is a shithole. 
yeah. uh, something they re- did really good in Joker too, in in a uh, in Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. They mm-hmm. made Gotham look really nasty and gritty, and like I think in this movie, like you don't you see like one or two scenes in the daytime. I think uh, the most of the movies in the nighttime, and Gotham looks really trashy in general. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to be right. Yeah, like that was the whole the whole reason why the city needed Batman really was that it was just so riddled with crime and nobody was doing anything about it. Yeah. And so that was kind of his start initially was coming out and basically just being, you know, the police where the police were failing. Um, and the movie starts. So the movie starts and like, so the mayor, the mayor's being stalked by somebody. We don't know who I thought it was Batman at first. And I thought the mayor was going to do something horrible and Batman was going to stop him. That didn't happen. <laughs> turns out he was like just being friendly with this kid or whatever. And then um, later on that evening, the Riddler breaks into, we don't really know he's the Riddler yet, but mm-hmm. he breaks into the mayor's office, murders the mayor in his home brutally, like beating yep. his head in with a hammer, I think, uh, and then taping him completely. I, I, I don't know how, how much of this is actually accurate to the Riddler as a villain. I've never saw the Riddler from what I've heard and seen of him in animation as like, a particularly brutal killer. I always <laughs> known him as to be like this, like creative, wacky, like if you don't solve my riddle, you're going to die. Kind of a guy, not a, I'm going to beat your head in with a fucking hammer. <laughs> they, they finally found that nice cross between uh, jigsaw and <laughs> yeah, that's what it felt like. That's what this movie really felt like. It felt like a really good saw movie. That's kind of uh, without the gore. If I remember correctly, that's kind of how the original Riddler was kind of portrayed was like, even though he was, he was very, very eccentric, but he was also like, very jigsaw-esque um as a villain like it was it was very much life or death you know that's cool because a lot of this a lot of this movie i didn't i didn't because i'm not a huge batman avid fan like a lot of you guys are and so uh, going into this i learned a lot from this movie actually and i think that's what part partly what made me enjoy it i think it was a perfect movie for someone like me who doesn't know everything about batman um We'll just we'll get into it more. <laughs> when Batman shows up, they're investigating the death of the mayor, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and Gordon is there, right? Mm-hmm. The uh, not yet police chief, but soon to be. Um, is he black in this one? I couldn't really tell because yeah, because of the the lighting. The yeah, lighting he, he made was, it hard to tell if he was actually black or not. Yeah, he was because in the previous ones, is he black in those two? I always remember him as being white. Yeah, no, Gordon Gordon has been white in pretty much every other That's iteration what I thought. of Okay. Yeah. I really liked him in this one. And he, not that they the, picked a good Gordon. I think he was great. He was like, fantastic. Like honestly, the one thing that I really liked about the Christopher Nolan Batman films was that Gordon looked a lot like the comic rendition of him. Like With they the picked an actor that looked very similar. Yeah. Um Kind and of an older looking dude. I, yeah, and I and I liked his his portrayal of of uh, Gordon, but I also I also very much liked the Gordon in this one too. It seemed very, um, he seemed very much like how the comics kind of portrayed Gordon was that he was he was like a, a non crooked cop that was he was 
hesitant but also not at involving Batman like he wants him to be a part of it because you know he want he knows that Batman wants to help but at the same time like he understands you know the risks and whatnot of involving a vigilante because you know if anyone can take law into their own hands then you know it starts becoming you got a problem. problems yeah exactly <laughs> and um, like that they didn't they didn't really push on a lot of the internal struggle which is fine because that's you know it's kind of a, a background content piece with Gordon. We'll probably get more of it in future. I really hope just right off the bat, I just really hope they they include more future installments for this version of Batman because I fucking loved it. That's spoilers, I guess, for later in the cast, but we'll talk about why I loved it. So, let me actually tell you that I I can't confirm that it's true, but something that I saw just about the same time that this Batman movie came out is that this um, there was talks about making this the last Batman for a while. Like the that's weird. Why? Um, so they're talking about uh, jump starting the Justice League again, re kickstarting Justice League oh. with um, the Flash and um, Batgirl oh. as whoa, 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 whoa. the creators. That's right. They're planning to roll out like the Flash, a whole bunch of these movies, like all mm-hmm. in one go. I forgot. Yep. You're right. And so that so, won't, so we yeah. probably won't get. Yeah, that's true. But I hope eventually we. Do. So they're looking to move away. Like they're not saying that he's not going to make appearances they're just saying that they're not wanting or at least the article that i read was saying that they weren't wanting to focus on batman so much it was more of a using batman to set up gotham for the future stuff that they were going to use for justice league i think that's one problem dc really has with its filmmaking is that they're not establishing their characters enough (laughs) when they create the sequels the prequels the there's mm-hmm. no continuity because it's always some different actor. It's some different universe. It's some different Gotham. Some and they different always, Joker. They always use the cop out of their multiverse thing because, like, the DC universe has so many different multiverses that come from any of the speedsters utilizing their ability to travel through time by going fast enough to do so. Every time they travel, an offshoot new universe exists. So there is like almost infinite number of DC universe, like DC multiverses that are available to them. And every time they reboot because they run into a wall or they can't, you know, they run into some kind of conflict where they can't keep using the actor or whatever it is. They just reboot and start over. It's so weird. sucks. But even when the movies do really well, yeah, instead of instead of finding a more creative way to like link things, they just go, well, it's a new it's a new multiverse. Uh, Yeah. And I don't like that. That's I hate that excuse. Marvel does a really good job at including the same characters, you know, and love into the cinematic universe. I've always loved DC as a as like a comic company more than Marvel. Personally, I've always been a DC guy. Um, which, you know, for some people might be a hot take, but DC's always been my thing. But I have to say, like, DC has been struggling for a long, long, long time with their movies. Their movies have always been not the great. Like, they've had really good ones that come out, but then they go nowhere with it. The one thing they've had going for them, though, is their TV shows have almost always been phenomenal. Whereas, like, Marvel, up until recently, they struggled with TV shows. Most Marvel TV shows were terrible up until recently. Once they started intertwining them into the MCU, then it's like, oh, my God, these these are amazing. 
Yeah, the it, it seems like DC has some pacing issues with how they yeah. want to portray their characters because they're. I think I think you might have something with the whole comics thing because they might have more in depth character personalities in their comics. I I haven't compared the comics, so I wouldn't really know. But that's kind of what it seems like with how much they try to cram into their movies, and that they, it seems like they're starting to get it a little bit mm-hmm. better. But they want to accurately portray the uh, the character, but a lot of their characters in DC do have really in depth backstories, and it takes a while to kind of understand that and. What they really need to do, I think, when they make the movies is they need to pick like one aspect that they want to explain about the character and just focus on that and where it connects for a movie. And then for the sequel, choose like another one that could be loosely connected. So like whatever the base is, get that base in, get the the groundwork going for the character. Boom. First movie. Don't reboot it. (laughs) Second movie. You know, all right, so after, you know, this stuff from the origin story starts to hit, like, da-da-da, this kind of develops. This is what we're going to focus on for this movie. Instead of being like, here's our origin story. Here's all the fucked up shit that happened to this guy. Well, that caused this and this and this and this and this. And now we're going to try and explain all of it in one movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's that's where they end up hurting themselves. And they kind of, they sort of did that with um, Batman versus Superman a little bit. Mm-hmm. They kind of, they went with a whole nother Batman and yep. then... And like all these characters that were never in the Batman movies prior, they just kind of showed up, and they were just there. Yeah, it was and then kind it of like set they just up tried for to like, mash a bunch of heroes, and then it set up for like later things that never happened anyway. Mm-hmm. It was like Lex Luthor, like uh, what's his Jesse Eisenberg is mm-hmm. Lex Luthor. I would have loved that. Oh I yeah, I would have loved cool, to see more of that. But I actually I liked Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor a lot. I did too. I thought he did really good, but a lot of people, I guess, didn't feel that way. Yeah. Anyway. Well, again, in my opinion, a lot of them were comparing to previous, <laughs> not to comics. <laughs> right, yeah. So, anyway, but, the um, the Batman. <laughs> Batman, yeah. <laughs> Back to the new Batman. Yeah, so um, one thing I really liked about him in this movie is they changed his costume a little bit. And I mm-hmm. thought his costume design, this is my opinion, I think it's the best out of all the films. Because I think he's sleeker. I think he's thinner. I, it makes him. It makes sense why he's so mobile. Because mm-hmm. the suit is a little bit thinner. It's not like this big tanky armor thing. Even though it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it just doesn't look like it. And then he's got... And one cool thing is like his batarang is just like sitting yeah. on his chest all the time. And he presses a button and it comes out. I think that's awesome. Instead of having like a utility belt. That was cool as hell. Um, but I really like that they went with like a thinner, sleeker designed Batman mm-hmm. in this one because the the bulkier kind of I'm a tank kind of Batman <laughs> just I don't know I always hated it for some reason I thought he looked yeah. dorky when he's big and bulky except for when he's you know fighting Superman yeah see I that was that was one thing if we compare starting back with the Christopher Nolan movies um. We've, you know, you've got like the evolution of Batman where it was like he started out, he just kind of like made a costume, got it together, like needed the armor plate and and like the thing that they focused on a lot was the changes in his costume as they went, like changes in his uniform as he went. <clears throat> and the, uh, my favorite one was the, I'd like to be able to turn my head bit <laughs> in that. And that was, I actually was a little frustrated when it felt like they went back to the, I can't turn my head Batman with, um, with uh, Ben Affleck because like that first the first iteration the first time we saw him that's kind of what we had was a, a return to the I can't turn my head suit <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> and that was it was so annoying <laughs> I 
like I just I couldn't. Um, um, but they started off with you know a very well oiled like it was it was very clear like they said you know he said two years of nights has kind of you know gotten me to this point was like one of his right. first statements think, in the beginning of the movie. I think maybe what they're trying to say is that like he finally finished making everything he needed to to be Batman by he's, these two years have hit. Not that he has just become this thing, but like he's yeah. refined it, he's designed the look, he's made the Batmobile, he's done all the things necessary to get him to start being Batman. Mm-hmm. I think that's where they were intending with that, but it just sounds confusing it being the origin of Batman. And then you're not seeing him in like a cloth suit, you know, getting beaten up by punks or something. Well, it's so he's, it's the origin story of the Batman, not the origin story of him becoming a vigilante. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of the disconnect that needs to be taken into account when going Mm -hmm. in to see this movie. Um, I mean, yeah. even if you don't, though, it is still a fantastic movie. I fucking loved it. Well, ah, I'm so excited to talk about it later in the movie because there's so <laughs> many good things. I know they introduced a lot like they they threw in the penguin was in there. They oh, dude, had Falcone he's... in there. All right. So the penguin, we got to talk about him because he was my favorite character <laughs> in the whole movie. Like I was dying of laughter anytime he was on screen. Oh, he was and great. What's cool about the penguin in this movie is that he's more of a he's not really a, a villain. He's just more of a like a. Um, what do you call those where they're like, I guess he's an antagonist, but he's, he's not really like the main and he's like, he's just kind of like a, a he's like a thug. He does his own in thing. A way, yeah. but like, yeah. He's like, I do my own thing. I got connections. I can help you, but I don't want to, but I guess I will, you know? Yeah. And that was really cool. And uh, he was hilarious. <laughs> There's a scene where he, uh, where um, Raptor Falcone gets killed, and they, the police tackle him to the ground. He's like, "I didn't shoot." It's really funny because he pulls out his gun to shoot Falcone, and then yeah. Falcone dies without him pulling the trigger, and that they think it's him. And so he's like, "I didn't do anything." Yeah, it's it's, yeah, it's that was a good one. That's honestly so. That's one thing they left open some good opportunities for stuff too with this one. Like even though it sounded like they weren't planning on, from the article that I read, that they weren't planning on making another Batman movie, they did open up the door for several of the different like bad guys available. So like in the end there, when it showed uh, Riddler in in Arkham with uh the other person that was talking to him like that's, we know who that's gonna it was be. very clearly yes. the joker like yeah. by the laughter you knew it was the joker they showed the penguin as well all three of those like so riddler got his little bit and obviously because he's you know in arkham with the joker joker's got a history of breaking out riddler's got a history of breaking out the you know they're gonna break stuff out started. like yeah <laughs> they'll get together they'll break out no problem but then the fact that Falcone dies in that movie also opens up that that window for uh, Penguin to kind of move into that supervillain direction as the lead. Uh, it kind of man or whatever. It kind of gave him his own origin story within the movie. Dude, they did it so well too. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know because <laughs> it, it's a three-hour movie. It doesn't feel like it. It no, feels like it's two, maybe. Um, I didn't know John Turturro was even in the movie. That was awesome. Him as John Turturro as Falcone. Mm-hmm. And he is fucking great as Falcone. I, he fits so goddamn well. I love John did. Turturro so much. He he does a good job. I like a lot 
I've seen him far more often as like a funny character in a lot of movies. Yeah. Like yeah. way more than not, he is some sort of parody funny type character. And in this, his role was not a funny role at all. It was a very serious, very important role. I and people he for a did living it role. Yeah. excellently. Yeah, he, he did it really well. Um, I guess we'll talk about him a little bit more too later. Yeah. But uh, so like... So from the first moment that Batman's introduced, it's very cool how they set up Batman's relationship to the police mm-hmm. and his relationship to the people, too, yep. because he's not a hero. No. And nobody sees him as a hero yet. Exactly. The police, they don't like him. They don't trust him. <laughs> they don't want him around. Yep. The people, they're just scared shitless of the dude. They're yep. like, this guy's going to beat me up at night for some reason <laughs> if I don't do yep. anything. Even, yeah, even that, the um, the guy that was getting mugged in the, you know, in the alley when he was like, the, don't hurt what was me. It like, yeah, he freaked out thinking that he was going to get attacked. He didn't even do anything wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, um, which that, tells you that, that comes back later in the film too. Yeah. Um, so Batman kind of goes on this like thing to help the police figure out who the fuck murdered the mayor and why. Mm-hmm. And what's, Oh, that was another thing in this movie that I thought was really smart of them. Um, when I went to go see it, I thought that this was going to take place older. Like this is going to take place in like the nineties or something. Mm-hmm. It takes place in modern day. Yeah. And that's really a smart decision. I think because, Having Batman have this awesome technology that he could feasibly conceivably have like conceptually have in this with a bunch of money is perfect because mm-hmm. the technology is awesome when he gets to use it. Yeah. Um and it just helps and it just it just doesn't break your immersion. Like if it's in the same time period that we're living in now, it it helps us get into the movie. We're like, okay, yeah, this feels this feels like it could be happening right now. Um and I think that I watched like a review by this by Jeremy Johns. I don't know if I've talked about him on the cast before, but he said the same thing about about all these characters is like if you pictured Falcone, that's probably what you would think Falcone would be like in real life. Same thing with Riddler. Like if I had Mm -hmm. to picture the Riddler as a villain in real life, it'd probably be some dude on the dark web releasing videos going, I'm going to blow some shit up to show you guys what the fuck's going on. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happens. Um, they kind of the Riddler doesn't like have the hat or anything. He doesn't have because uh, I think in the comics he has like a hat and like a yeah. He's mark, got right? like a whole a whole getup. Like it's the same thing. Like the Penguin, he's always in the suit with the monocle and the top hat. Yeah. Like the Riddler's always in like a green suit of some sort, covered in question marks. He's got his little question mark cane and da da da. That'll probably all come Joker's later. always in his like weird, funny clown suit. Like you know, not exactly clown suit, but like his like funnily colored, you know, brightly colored ode to clown uh, (laughs) thing yeah yeah type suit like all of the all of the villains are very they're very over the top in the comics um i i personally i like that they don't try to perfectly copy those outfits now with a lot of them because (laughs) i feel like i feel like it was purposely over the top for entertainment purposes i when i watched this with our i watched this with matthew he said the same exact thing is like those costumes they you think they look cool in your mind conceptually because you see them on comics and on tv shows and you're like that would look so cool or like that'd be crazy to see and then you see it in film and it's kind of like it comes off a little more goofy than it does like cool or or serious or like 
or this weird perversion of like goofy but also deadly you don't really get the deadly part you kind of just see it as goofy because it's just like who would do yeah. that you know it makes it really hard for you to actually like get into the dark like nature of the dc universe the very dark nature of gotham the very gross say, gritty gotham, yeah. bruh, because of the fact that like if you really think about it, the way that Gotham is supposed to be portrayed is very similar to how they did it in the movie. It's supposed to be this very rundown, it's falling Chicago, apart, man. like it, yeah, it's it, it's Detroit, it's Chicago, it's, like it's, it's horrible. yeah, it's crime riddled. Nothing's getting done to fix it. Yada yada, like that type of deal. It's supposed to be that kind of gritty, and nobody, even if they were killing people, nobody is going to take somebody in a bright green suit covered in question marks seriously. The cops are going to think it's some wackadoo that's not doing it. Like, they're going to be like, nah, he didn't kill anybody. It's somebody else. Like, or, no or one's it's just going to be funny. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no one's going to, no one's going to be on that, like, oh man, that's a super villain. They're going to be like, oh, look at the fucking You're clown. A nerd. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's, yeah. Um, what that, so yeah, I'm really impressed with how many characters they fit into this movie and still made the movie feel good. That mm-hmm. was kind of nuts because there were a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't expect to see Catwoman, she is in this movie, and yep. I can't remember the actress's name. I'm just horrible with actress names. I'm spacing it too, but I know that's it. okay. She does a great job, she and does. She's really famous too, and I can't, <laughs> sounds I so honestly funny that like, I can't remember her name, but she did so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um, and and going going on the comparing to previous movies things again, everything that I heard when people were talking about the new Batman movie, anytime I talked to somebody about it, all I heard was complaints about, you know, oh, they're just trying to erase the Halle Berry, da 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 like no no no. She did her, she was completely separate, her or her catwoman. It was not a copycat to replace, it was not a none of that. And she did a great job as Catwoman. I absolutely loved her portrayal of Catwoman, and I thought that it it absolutely you know lent a hand to the story completely. Um, in this one, yeah, mm-hmm. in the Batman, yeah, it, yeah. It, and they did it beautifully too, because um, Batman, and when looking for information on the Riddler, he goes to the club or whatever mm-hmm. that Penguin runs. Yep, and uh, <laughs> he he beats up the twins. Um, <laughs> to get in and there's a lot of really good humor in the movie too yeah the movie was really funny but not so much so that it was like a marvel movie and marvel i love them but sometimes their humor can get in the way of telling a really good story like a lot of times you know like like their character will fall from a building and go wham and then they'll get up and it's a serious like fight and then they're like well whoops you know or something like that (laughs) it's like ah ha ha funny but they do it way too much i think um, and this movie found that perfect balance of like, like when he's at one point, Batman's being like held by the police inside the police station and they start like, they start like, tell us what you know. And they start inter- interrogating him. They try to arrest him and he just goes ham on the police. He just starts oh, hitting like, the as cops. they tried to pull his mask off. That was what he, and then, yeah. oh, now we've got you on assaulting a police officer. He's like, you'll have me on three. He's like, you got me on three. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. Cause it's just like, oh damn, he's serious. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. but that's funny. Um, and that was that was also what was cool about this film too is Batman's not a, he's not a police ally it's it's kind of nuts he does whatever he wants to do yeah and he does that in the other films I think but like he he does he it acts more friendly toward police in the other ones than this yeah one. he does it for Gotham but he also recognizes how many of Gotham's finest are corrupt so he's got one that he trusts and the rest of them 
fuck them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and because and and you can tell and like the movie kind of. I wish they went into it a little bit more, but the movie implies that Gordon and Batman have this history between the two and that they work together often. I wish that they kind of showed that a little bit or kind of like led up to it but you know it it, it didn't hurt the movie at all to just kind of assume that they knew that they knew each other no the 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 rapport that was kind of unexplained was not not that big of an issue no i didn't think so i also all right so my initial thoughts on alfred i was worried because like alfred has always been this very english butler it's always been an english butler too you're so funny and my that was yeah i've been it's been in my head bouncing around and i was like let's get through some of the batman before i go to it i was a little a little hesitant on that too because you know he's clearly australian and not you're like you know he's or i don't know if it's australian but he's clearly not british and every time it's always been portrayed as a British butler, like even even in the, the comics, like he was he was clearly a British butler and they went with something different. But I honestly thought that he matched the tone of the story really well. Like he was he was a good Alfred. Um, the There is one thing like I feel like his reaction would have been a lot quicker to that the explosive that was sent they kind of made him look a little because alfred's a badass like seriously in the comics alfred like there's one point where they try to kidnap alfred because they're like this is gonna be the weak point like we'll just take him and we'll be able to get all of bruce wayne's money because the butler you know he loves the butler but the butler's defenseless and they break in and the butler's like yeah i don't have the gadgets but just mows him down with an AK like well <laughs> dude's uh, a badass <laughs> um yeah that's what I was gonna say is uh I heard that in this film I, I don't know how true this is but apparently in this film it's supposed to be that Alfred taught Batman how to fight and do all this I don't know if that's the case in all the other films as well but that's just what I heard in this one is that Alfred is the one who trains Bruce to do all of this stuff but it's they kind of went for like a green goblin hit him in the heart uh, you know, kind of approach in this movie, mm-hmm. kind of like, because like at one point in the movie, there's a scene where Alfred um, receives a bomb from the Riddler because the Riddler's trying to kill Bruce Wayne, but yep. he's not home because he's Batman right now, mm-hmm. interrogating the Penguin, which is a great scene in its own. And, and Alfred's opening the mail, which is I would expect that, like that's kind of yeah, do. like. But as soon as he sees that it's from the Riddler, you think that he would like. He'd do something with it, I think. But in the movie, he just kind of looks at it and stares yeah. and then opens it slowly and he just reads it and then it explodes. Yeah. But what they what one cool thing they do, though, is um, they show you that and they cut to Bruce driving to the mansion and he's like, hey, get Alfred on the phone. And his maid is like, you're too late, bro. Like that yeah. thing went off and Alfred's I, in the hospital. I it it confused me for a second until they finally picked up. Because I was like, the phone's ringing and Alfred's just not opening mail. That's like, what, what the I hell? Thought. Yeah. And so I was really confused. But I once once it played out, it all clicked, and I went, "Oh no, that's very, actually a really cool way of portraying, like a really cool way of showing it." Like, I thought the same you thing. Know, I was he like, thinks that's so smart. Like, this is what he's seeing in his head. <sighs> like, he's imagining that Alfred is not answering the phone and just opening mail. But in reality, like what's happening is, is he's calling after the bomb's already gone off. Alfred's yeah, like, already you're done. Way too late, bro. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's such a cool way to do it because it was such an intense scene. Like when you're watching it, because he's like he's flooring it in the Batmobile. He's trying to get home. And you're like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. When like that shit happened a while ago. Like it's it's too late. 
and uh you don't you just don't realize it till they show you afterward and uh and I think that's a really cool way to like make the audience feel tension for a moment and be like, oh shit, he's got to go, mm-hmm. and then be like, oh my god, it was like it all was for nothing because yep. yeah, it's already too late. Um, it was a really good way of them to like kind of pull on the heartstrings a little bit, but of course it's Alfred, so he doesn't die. Mm-hmm. There is a very, and I think, and this could be, of course, to my detriment, uh, not a case of not seeing the other movies as frequently or as recently. Uh, but I thought this movie they they made Bruce and Alfred's relationship great. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really well done. They have a very touching scene in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, when after kind of Bruce learns the like a semi truth about his father who hired Falcone to kill somebody is what he was told. That's what Falcone mm-hmm. tells him. And, you know, Alfred has this touching scene where he like touches Batman's hand or Bruce's hand. And he's like, no dude, like your dad never tried to kill anybody. He, yeah. he wanted something to stop, but Falcone killed the guy on his own accord, you know? Yeah. And so it was this kind of like, it was this sort of, <laughs> I give, I was thinking of in my head, I give Alfred and the Batman better than Harry's Butler out of 10 <laughs> from, you know, Spider-Man. Cause mm-hmm. he, he has that relationship with Batman. That's so, I love you. You are like a son to me and I'm going to take care of you kind of a thing. And you really feel that in the hospital scene. I teared up when I was mm-hmm. watching it. It was very sweet watching him worry about Alfred and then Alfred kind of, giving him this pep talk in a way without it being a pep talk. Yep. And that that scene before he goes in and sits there when he's talking with the nurse was also a very like, it was a very important point because yeah, that's it. It's kind of always meant to be that Alfred and and Bruce Wayne literally have each other and that's it. (laughs) And I also want to talk about, and this is, this is the point of the movie or sorry, this is the, aspect of the movie I think most people are going to find the most controversial and I the one that I've I've heard the most criticism on but I'm going to explain why I love it mm-hmm. and we and I'm, I don't know how you feel about it but okay. a lot of people have a problem with the portrayal of Bruce Wayne and there are reasons for the portrayal I think and I think it was completely intentional what they did with him but basically he's emo Batman <laughs> in this movie um when you see Bruce Wayne on screen, you don't really feel like you're watching Bruce Wayne almost because he's he's kind of the same personality as when he's walking around as Batman. He's dark, he's quiet, he doesn't say much, he doesn't interact with people a whole lot. Um, I loved it. I really liked that Batman in this one, or that Bruce in this one, was not... Some rich asshole who's professional to everybody, goes to these fancy parties and enjoys his time and then is this super serious bat like and I get that that's the character, you know, he puts on the mask of Bruce Wayne and Batman is who he really is. But I really liked this real portrayal of this dude who's been destroyed by the death of his parents and lives in this shithole city that he's so tired of that it, it got to him and he's just tired of it. Um, and I think that. I think that, uh, fucking, what's the actor's name again? Pattinson? Robert. <laughs> Robert. Pattinson. <laughs> I think he did a really good job portraying that. And I think that that was a welcome, refreshing take on him. I, I liked it too. Um, the way I have always seen it, the, honestly, the biggest issue that I've always had with Batman movies is that they portray him like days are longer than they actually are. 
Like they spend too much time on him trying to live the double life that they don't actually point out the fact that the dude, when he becomes Batman and starts doing stuff, he ends up completely diving headfirst into it. Yeah, he still has to make appearances, but he's not available because he's constantly Batman. And that's kind of a really big thing for the character is because he's constantly Batman, it's really hard. Like he just projects himself as busy a lot of times in in true actuality. Like that's with how much time he spends as Batman, he couldn't be the businessman that, you know, is the rich asshole, goes out and does the stuff. That in this like, movie? Yeah, well, just in general, like, right. as Batman, like, if you really think about it, like... You wouldn't be able to do all that. You yeah. wouldn't be able to. Like, the way that they that he was portrayed in the Christopher, Christopher Nolan movies, like, the third one is the closest to what Batman would have actually been more like, like Bruce Wayne and Batman would have been more like, where they're like, the ever-elusive Bruce Wayne, when do we get to see him? Because that's exactly how it would be. Like, when he's not out fighting crime as Batman, he still does need sleep. He's still a human. He's not, you know, alien powered by the sun. So, like, he's going to have to get some sleep. He's going to have to do whatever. But he chooses not to get sleep immediately after because, you know, he's got to go over everything. He's got to, you know, figure things out. He's got, you know, riddles, conundrums, whatever coming on. And that's, I see the light bulb yeah. just popped on. <laughs> we'll and talk I, about it. <laughs> I, I assume it has to do with the uh, the camera lens. No, but, no. but we'll talk so about that. that was Because that was something that I really liked was that he, like, he almost had to, like, they almost treated him being Batman at the beginning, at least, as like a like a disassociative identity identity disorder, almost like he because he was like it all kind of blends together. I have a, I have to remind myself what happened because you know I'm not oh, sure. Did it the up. audience can't He's see my the, face right now, but I was very confused for a second. Okay. I see where we're going with this. Yeah, yeah, so like that's the other thing that I really liked about this portrayal of. Bruce Wayne and Batman was that he's got a, a journal where he he watches through the footage of everything that happened while he was Batman that he's got recorded and takes notes and writes in a diary on it so that so it's very clear yeah like this is what happened with Batman like I think part of that is very similar to someone like me who plays a, a D&D character having notes <laughs> from the character's perspective and separate so that it's you know you know what you can and can't reference as Bruce Wayne because you shouldn't know this because that was Batman how relevant Kevin <laughs> I just it popped the the analogy popped into my head, but like if you think about it, it's very similar to like meta gaming in a D and D game. Like he knows what he can and can't say as Bruce Wayne because he went through and wrote everything down from Batman perspective and the recording of Batman. Like I know this, but I can't let on that I know this because only Batman knows this, and I am not Batman when I'm Bruce Wayne. Which is another reason for hiding away and not talking to people is it's really hard to. It's really easy to not tell people things that you're not supposed to tell them. Right. And they really they don't ever see you. (laughs) And they really did a good job of making you feel like like this. These are the things this dude would like juggle with Mm -hmm. and like that he would like you said, he would have to write things down either to remember or even just to chronicle Mm -hmm. um, because so that he can keep the the two selves different and so that he doesn't slip. You know, like how would I know that if I were Bruce Wayne? You know what I mean? Exactly. He can't let that slip when he's talking to people. Um, and th- that's just like one of those details that they included in the film that I, I don't think I saw in any other film that was really well done and really helps flush out the character a lot. Um, 
you know, they never they never really showed that internal struggle of making sure that nobody found out that he was Batman. <laughs> There's a in moment. Any other Batman movie. There's a scene in this movie where the, it they totally trick you and like the Riddler is talking to the Batman and he's talking and you're like how the fuck does this guy know that Bruce Wayne is Batman? Like, and he's I, talking and he's like, I know everything. I know exactly what you're doing. I know who you are. And he's like, we're spirit animals. And Batman's like, oh, okay. Like, he like, <laughs> you could see, I thought he did really good, even with the mask on, <laughs> so of good. showing that look of relief Dude. when he was like, we're the same person. And wasn't like, and he was like, that one that got away was Bruce Wayne. Like, Because at first it sounded like when he's like, Bruce. He thought that he was telling everyone that he was Bruce Wayne. And it was like, you could see like that tinge of panic mixed with a just don't don't accept it. It's just don't like don't say no or yes. Just let it be. Let it be. Listen to what he has to say. And then when he was like, you and I were the same person and we missed out on getting that Bruce Wayne and that like that look of relief. That's just it's ever so slight so that that way, obviously, he's not giving it away to the Riddler, too. But you can see it in his eyes and a little bit in the way his mouth moves just at the moment and the shift of his body a little bit like he did a really good job of looking relieved enough that you understood exactly what was going on everybody was like he knows he knows that it's bruce wayne he knows even with that note sitting on the wall because he put it so close to the picture of bruce wayne and i know the real you yeah everybody everybody was like oh my god he knows that bruce wayne is batman and then he's like no no we're just the same person like this is and like and he meant like i know you're i know you're that your father i know your agenda i know you're yeah not I know that you're Bruce Wayne and that was yeah I know I like I was almost holding my breath as he was like Bruce because I'm like oh no how is the town how are they gonna have Gotham react how are they gonna do this with Gotham and then he That's was like I thought no, no, we're, I was we're the same it person. did such like, a good oh job God. at making you panic with him yeah and this is one thing I really like and this is a weird parallel to draw but it's one reason I really love Death Note the anime because in the anime, something will happen to the main character who's not supposed to be found out as the killer. Mm-hmm. Um, something will happen, and then like time will freeze, and he'll be like, okay, this is bad, <laughs> but I cannot let myself show any sign that I know this is bad. <laughs> and that's exactly what you were saying. That's exactly mm-hmm. what like was happening with Batman. No, He didn't have to say anything. They didn't have to do an inner mind monologue or anything like that. Yeah, you no, just was, looked at him and you knew that's what he was thinking was yeah. like, hold it together. You don't know for sure that he knows that you're Bruce Wayne. Just hold it together until you know what he's talking about. And then he lets it slip like or he, you know, and then the Riddler obviously is talking about something else. But it was crazy that they just threw mm-hmm. that in there. I was like, damn, they're they're really hitting us with these like confusing feelings. It, it's like, really an up and down ride. So the big thing was, was that they're like he looked at a camera as he walked in. So there was very clearly a camera on them, which is why he was like, I have to hold it together. I can't just react. I can't da 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 because there is more than just him watching me right now. Yep. <laughs> so that was like, it was one of those, like that could be broadcast to the whole world. If that was what he was actually saying was that you, Bruce Wayne is Batman. Like he's, and like, it was a most of it was panic, but you knew that because it's Batman and everyone knows like Batman, like he's very big on thinking things through and planning things out. 
So there was a part of it, like most of it was panic, but there was that little tinge that you just knew was him trying to figure out how is the best way to deny that I am Bruce Wayne that doesn't sound like I'm getting Plausible defensive. deniability, baby. Like, what is the best way to approach this? And then when he, you know, clearly wasn't thinking that he was Bruce Wayne, that relief was just, it was huge. It was but so yeah, present they, in, the, in, in Robert Pattinson's portrayal, and that should speak to him as an actor absolutely to be able to convey that to the audience without saying a word absolutely so cool and that was that was honestly one of the big takeaways that changed my mind on him as batman was seeing that i was like oh my god i don't know a lot of actors that could have in a mask that well portrayed the like (sighs) moment of him not knowing that he was bruce wayne yeah um (laughs) another thing i love about this movie is um the puzzles that batman has to figure out along the way because like and i and this is why i think the riddler was the perfect villain to open up with like a new start for batman as the villain for because it's so intriguing to see the inner workings of batman's mind Mm -hmm. it's so intriguing to see him go okay so here's what i have this is the cipher like this is the puzzle we have to figure out i have the cipher solved but that's not the whole puzzle there's something else that i'm missing and you go on this journey with him he's which is it tells you two things one batman's a really smart dude because he figured that out right away and two He's not perfect because he doesn't know what else to do. And three, actually, it adds utility to Alfred because Alfred ha- jumped in multiple times in this mm-hmm. movie to help him and even figure things out that Batman wouldn't have. Which is what Alfred does in the comics. Like, Alfred isn't just the butler that's there to cater to his every need. He's actually like a partner yeah. in everything. And he really felt like it in this movie. And, and most of the time when you think Alfred in the Batman movies, you kind of just think he's the butler and that... You know, the the whole badass, like, help detective thing. And I think in one of the movies, even, Alfred's trying to talk him out of being Batman. I can't remember. I think this is Dark Knight Rises or something. There is a point where he kind of, like, tells him, look, you've got to choose. If you want to be Bruce Wayne, you got to be Bruce Wayne. If you want to be Batman, you got to be Batman. But you're not going to be able to do both. And that was, it felt kind of like he was talking him into coming back to being Bruce because he didn't want him to die yeah, as yeah. Batman kind of thing. Like, it was clearly dangerous, and, you know, it felt like it was a, just be Bruce, just let the bad stuff happen. We could go somewhere else, that's fine, but, like, yeah. Yeah, it, it was a little weird how they did it, and I think this movie is a lot better at, at making Alfred feel like he's a partner with Batman mm-hmm. rather than, like, an accessory or or, or a... a uh, what's it called when you, a subordinate, you yep. know, uh, he really felt like he was helping Batman along the way. Cause he was, yeah, I think um, the closest they got to that was, um, I want to say it was the third one the dark Knight rises. Um, that was the one I did watch. That was, uh, um, they used Alfred. He like went to meet with a foreign, um, like investor that wanted to have a partnership with Wayne Industries and da da da, and like he was also tied in with the. Maybe it was no, it was Dark Knight. It wasn't Dark Knight Rises. It was the one with Heath Ledger. I was gonna say because um, I remember Dark Knight. Dark Knight Rises. I don't even remember Alfred being in it that much. He no, he didn't really play much of a part yeah. in Dark Knight Rises. Um, but yeah, so Dark Knight in Dark Knight he um. The only thing that they utilized him that was actually like something Alfred would have been a part of was um, they utilized his uh, 
like he goes to a foreign investor that wants to be a part of it. That's also tied in with the bad guys that they're trying to track down with uh, the Joker. And he leaves a phone behind to be an extra like listening and whatever device for that big system that um, that he's like tracking people on using the facial recognition from cameras and the microphones from camera or from phones and all the other stuff. And, uh, which is essentially, uh, like what God's eye from, uh, um, fast and furious is, but, um, he's kind of utilizing that and he leaves a phone there to be an extra sensor to be able to like catch up on, you know, whatever's going on with that. That's the only thing that they actually utilize him for. That's what I was about to say is like in that it's kind of like, he's more of a, a connection. He's more of an information tool. Yeah. Whereas in this one, he's he's a partner. Like he mm-hmm. he, uh, yeah. You don't see him fight anybody, but I mean that would have been sick. That's, well, that was he was kind of like a like an unknown partner in the comics. Like he was he was always a badass and he was always a part of things, but nobody knew. Like everybody outside of just Batman's operation was like, oh, Alfred, it's the Batman. family butler. Like yeah. that's it. But like inside the operation, it was Batman and Alfred. And then if they added Robin, Batman and Robin and Alfred, <laughs> like oh, they were I, all I, a team. I honestly forgot that Robin was even a thing. <laughs> oh man. If they could bring Robin into this version of Batman, I think that would, I think that that would make, make me love Batman. <laughs> honestly, I really wish that they would utilize Robin because there's, there's so much that spins off when if like, if they brought Dick Grayson into this, there's so much that spins off into that, that they can utilize for films. And what it, what's weird is like, it's not unheard of to do that. You know, I don't know what their hesitation like, is. Like Dick Grayson has a really, really full backstory. And honestly, even if they started doing Batman movies with the different Robins to open up those backstories, I mean, there's another one that becomes the red hood. You've got Damian Wayne that comes from, um, you know, yeah, they left. Yeah. They left so much open for that, and they have so much room to do so much with Robin because all the Robins have really rich backstories, and they just don't touch them in the movies. I just real. It makes me wonder if it's because there's there's some sort of, um, and I mean, they obviously it's all owned by DC, but it makes me wonder if there's some sort of uh, vice grip that the TV show properties have on Robin as a character. I don't know if it's because like maybe they want because the only one that they even came close to bringing Robin in was the Dark Knight Rises. Mm -hmm. I mean, unless unless he's in the old Batman movies, I wouldn't know. But at the end of the Dark Knight Rises, Robin finds Batman's cave. And I think that's like one of the closing shots. Yeah, it just kind like of right implies that end. he's going to be Batman's sidekick, and that's it. And then you never see anything else, which is sad. Yeah. And then, and the, yeah, then they just stop making Batman movies with Christopher Nolan. And um, now I'm gonna space the his name, the son of a bitch, who, uh, the guy who plays Batman in those. Because Christopher Nolan's the the director. Is that Ben? No. No, no, no. That's this is like Dark Knight Rises, Dark Knight, and Batman Begins. Um, <laughs> I, there's too many. And I'm totally uh, spacing his name now. Why am I spacing his name? Is he the best Batman? He's yeah, he's the he, one that everybody like reveres as like the Batman. best Batman. Uh, we'll come back. We'll anyway, f- we'll f- yeah, whatever. I'm but, sure it'll be. In yeah. There. So anyway, yeah. The like you stop seeing Batman's produced from that, even though they left the door wide open to do another with Robin brought in, like because that was. If memory serves, that was actually Dick Grayson was the name that they had given for him in yeah. the 
in the movie. This is a pro tip for studios out there. Uh, free pro tip. You don't have to pay for this <laughs> one. Um, don't leave open-ended storylines and then never touch them again and pretend they don't exist. <laughs> it know, pisses right? off your fans. I don't understand why you would... I, I don't understand the thought process, even if even if your film tanks. I don't understand the process of rebooting a film four, five, six times and not going back to that same open-ended story you left that were that was purely for attracting the fans and i don't understand that that thought process and so maybe it has to do with like leadership that changes in and out of dc who knows right but don't fucking do that that's that's very clearly a problem so that that third movie was not only did they leave open the possibility for robin and the work for robin but they also had just brought in Talia Al Ghul, which leaves the groundwork and opening for Damian Wayne, mm. another Robin. Like they had two Robin possibilities wide open in that movie. Yeah, what a waste it was. <laughs> anyway, that's that's the Dark Knight Rises. We're talking about <laughs> the, the Batman. Batman. Yeah. We, we could probably go on for days about this stuff, man. Um, yeah, I could talk Batman for a while. Josh is going to love this episode because he is all about Batman. Batman I'm very is glad his that hero. Loved it. Um, which I means that, that when it comes out, anything that I said is that is wrong, he's going to email me questioning my Batman knowledge. So anything that I said wrong, Josh, I'm sorry. This is just from my... <laughs> My own memory as best as I can remember. I honestly did not spend a long time trying to research and re, you know, understand everything that I know about Batman beforehand. I just watched the movie and then went based on the knowledge that I remember, whether it's mem- remembered right or not is a different story, but based on the knowledge I remember, this is this. <laughs> so one of the things that I I want to touch on one last thing that I really liked about Batman as a character and then I kind of want us to move into like themes of the movie and kind of the ending and talk about all that a little bit because we're running close to time already <sighs> um, with these movies there's so much to talk about we always run so close to time I know right um, so Batman as the character one thing I hated about every Batman film I've ever seen Superman versus Batman included Justice League. I don't really care which one it is. The one thing I hated is the Batman voice. For <laughs> some reason, for some ungodly reason, the directors and voice directors told the actors or the actors themselves took it upon themselves to What do you want? Batman? Who thinks that sounds good? Do people actually like that? I hate that so much. And thank God, in this one, Robert just lowers his voice a little. It's the same voice. He uses his normal voice. He just, he talks a little lower. And it's so good and refreshing to hear because I can never take Batman seriously when he's, What do you want with them? That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. I don't, I'm sorry if you love those movies. I'm sorry if you <laughs> like those those Batman characters, but it's the dumbest shit. And I don't understand how people can like it. So for the, for me, this movie was better than all the other ones. Simply for that reason alone, I would have called this movie better than all the other ones. So before the Christopher Nolan ones, Batman Begins, Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises, that that was how Batman like Batman either used his normal voice or just lowered it a little bit that was the normal thing for Batman was he just made a minor alteration and that was it the Christopher Nolan films that was the the actor that played him whose name is still escaping me um 
he decided of his own accord that he was going to do that raspy whatever voice and that was the dumbest the director loved it so they ran with it and then it had a like there weren't Honestly, incredibly, there weren't a lot of people that were no, complaining nobody, about that voice. Nobody cared. Most people like, loved that <laughs> voice. They thought it was great. That's where Ben Affleck got it from. Like, it just became the precedent. And that's, again, what I'm saying. If we stop comparing to previous movies <laughs> and compare to the comics, then Ben Affleck may not have had, like, the raspy Batman voice for his portrayal of Batman. He may have had something else that he did. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> It was just, it's just a weird thing to do, I think, because like, yeah, you want to be this different character and you don't want people to recognize that's Bruce Wayne talking under that mask. Uh, Yeah, I get Mm -hmm. that. But in a sea of 7.6 billion people on earth, do you think you're going to have a voice similar to somebody? Probably. Okay. And especially if you're visually not looking the same, someone's probably not going to recognize you. Maybe that's different if you're in the same town, obviously, you know, and that gets a little complicated and voice like, analysis and whatnot for people who really want to find out who he is. That opens a whole can of worms. I get it. But for the sake of entertainment, just don't ever do those voices again for me. <laughs> and I, Personally, I think that that was something he didn't. So the kind of like argument that I see a lot of people is like, well, all of the, other ones, Bruce Wayne is very active in the community. He's out and about. He does things. He's public. He's a big public figure because, you know, his family was the founders of Gotham City. And the the big thing is, is like, yeah, because he's out and about, people could recognize his voice. So I understand, like, the point behind changing the voice. With this one, he's not exactly out and about. He's not regularly having meetings. He it. is very reclusive. He's very hidden. So truthfully, there isn't a need for him to disguise his voice because who's going to recognize he hasn't been on TV in years. Yeah. Like who's going to recognize this kid. And I I hear a lot of people (laughs) saying that this movie is not, not just like an origin for like him becoming the Batman, which we're going to talk about in just a minute because there's so much juiciness at, at the end of this movie. It's so good. Um, but it's also kind of him learning to, uh, like, yeah, he's Bruce Wayne, but he doesn't know how to be Bruce Wayne yet in kind of a way. like, And that was something I think that the director and that uh, Robert both kind of came out and said, like, hey, you know, the reason that we don't have Batman or Bruce Wayne being his normal self is because this Bruce Wayne doesn't know how to do that yet. He's still, like, learning to figure out how to balance the two lives. And I thought that was a really good decision. Um it's really cool to see the movie start with one side and have the character and how cool will it be to watch this guy who's Robert Pattinson's Batman who's like not talking to anybody not doing anything and then in a future movie you see him grow as a person and turn into this guy who can be at a cocktail party and talk casually with some people like that will be awesome to see in a mm-hmm. film if that ever happens please let it happen because that would be so creative that'd be so um just good. It would just be a good thing to do. Yeah. I think that's a, I think it was a great decision. I'm not upset with the, how they portray Bruce Wayne. Um, I think it, it was awesome. The dark circles under the eyes were a little silly at first, but then you kind of remember like he's nocturnal. Yeah. He's, he's actually nocturnal. Night, so. And then he's running a company. So yeah, he's so, staying yeah, at the home, circles but are, he's you know, still not sleeping a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that was really good. Um, one thing I do want to talk about as well, uh, are the themes and what makes Batman Batman and how this movie 
establishes that in a really cool and creative way. Mm-hmm. And this is what made me, this kind of turns my attitude around Batman around a little bit. Um, in this movie, like toward the end, you know, they capture Riddler. It looks like the movie's kind of ramping down a little bit. It looks like the movie's about to resolve and like kind of end. Mm-hmm. And then Batman loses. Yeah. In a way. Um, because the Riddler has set up bombs all over the city to blow up the dam to flood the entire city. And boy, does it flood and boy, do people die. Mm-hmm. Uh, and boy, do they show it. Yeah. <laughs> That's, again, the brutality of the film that we talked about earlier. Um, and what what's cool is that like Batman realizes what's going to happen and that he can't stop it. And I love in movies and shows when they make the hero lose. That is awesome to me because when a hero loses, they're forced to um, change. They're forced to become something else, to do something else. And for Batman, his whole thing in this movie at the start is that he's vengeance, right? He's mm-hmm. he's like, for all the people that have like been hurt by evildoers, for my parents, I'm going to avenge them, you know. But what that does is it inspired riddler mm-hmm. it inspired these villains to come out of the dark and be like oh yeah vengeance huh let's do it and that's why the riddler toward the end of the movie is he's trying to warm up to batman and say like 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 oh look you and i were a team this is what we do and batman's like what the fuck is wrong with you he's like yeah. i'm not your friend bro <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's such a cool way to do that too um and it forces batman to be like oh me being vengeance is really just inspiring criminals. So what does he do? He has to become justice. He has to be something more. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so clever how they did that. I don't know if the Dark Knight does that at all in a way. Um, going from like something as dark and as like uh, sort of visceral as vengeance and then establishing that justice is bigger and better mm-hmm. than vengeance it was such a cool move that it's, for them that to it's do different is the big thing yeah because there's a lot of people that you know yeah thank you even even in something like that a lot of people are gonna look at it and they're gonna see the revenge as justice they think well you know eye for an eye that's that's justice you got what you deserved and that's when he kind of i think that's when he kind of starts to realize that vengeance and justice are not synonymous so and that also that scene when he's trying to stop all of the copycats that were you know coming in to be the you know riddler to wreak havoc when they pull the the you know mask off of him and they're like who are you and he's like i'm vengeance and he kind of like freezes yeah that's right because the the bad guy says i'm vengeance mm -hmm. and batman's like oh man yep that was kind of an oh shit moment for him and of course, my my smart ass sitting in the theater leans over to Maddie and goes, I'm sorry, but a user has already taken that name. You're going to have to add <laughs> some numbers <laughs> <laughs> like you can be vengeance, too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was it was one of those like it was an introspective moment into the character. Yeah. That the audience got to click with Robert like at the same time. It was so God, it was good. And that's that's one thing that, yeah, like. That's part of the problem of Batman being who he is. Is like initially when he starts, his thought process is, is I don't kill anybody. That's what makes me better. That's what sets me apart. That's what makes it very clear that I'm doing good and not bad is that I won't kill other people. But then there are bad guys that model what he's doing and try to do it to a further extreme. And that kind of, you know, that has to kind of set off a, a thought process like, okay, 
I'm doing something wrong here. Clearly what I'm doing is inspiring these bad guys to do bad in the name of exactly what I'm trying to do. So I need to restructure. And I have never gotten that from the character of Batman before. Like I have never, I've never gotten that from watching his shows. I've never gotten that from watching his movies. I've never known that about Batman, that he's the one who inspires the villains to come up in the first place. You don't really understand that because the movies usually just kind of, yeah, this is a supervillain. He's here. Ha ha. Mm-hmm. Batman has to fight somebody. But like, you never think that like, oh, they're here because he's the one in the dark showing them what they can do in the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought the movie just did such a good job at like revealing that to you and forcing this hero to become a hero yep uh oh yeah and like another another cool point on him changing his mind from vengeance to justice is that uh at one point um uh catwoman is is with batman they have like this partnership and Mm -hmm. and she's got this dude on the roof that she's torturing basically to get information on falcone because falcone killed her i think girlfriend uh, minimum roommate, uh, possible, I think it was possible girlfriend, romantic interest? but I'm not a hundred percent to be totally honest. It's a little unclear. She kisses Batman, so she's not, she's not strictly gay at least. Um, yeah. So anyway, but, uh, so she has this lead on who murdered her girlfriend or her friend and like she, and she tells Batman, like, we know who did it. It was Falcone. Let's go get him. We're going to get him and we're going to go kill him. And then Batman is like, no, I'll stop you if you're going to kill him. Because, like, A, you're like, yeah, Batman doesn't like killing, so obviously he's going to keep this woman from killing him. But then the movie takes that a step further, and he talks to her, and he's like, he's like, because if you go and you do that, you're not going to be you anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, Yeah, because killing someone changes, changes a person. Exactly. And this movie... It, it went that extra mile and I love that so it used, much. It used that slight like psychological theme information because yeah in, in reality killing a person changes your mindset even even if you wouldn't think that it would because you know that person deserved it or wh- whatever like that's going to change how you view things and once you've done it once it makes it easier to do it again. And I think that's one of the key moments that switches him from vengeance to justice is mm-hmm. he's like oh like not just not killing people, but there are things that I'm doing that that cloud my sense of justice, and so I need to change. I will so, say I really enjoyed her clever one-liner in response to it. He was like, "Don't don't throw away your your life," and she kicks him off the roof as she says, <laughs> "Don't worry, baby, I got nine. Like that, that was, was so smart. that was yeah. very clever. I very much really appreciated that, and like it was one of those like. It was funny, but at the same time, it was still serious, and it was it was very well done, that little bit. And then, yeah, I honestly, like, another thing that I, I, there was one thing that I did have an issue with in the Christopher Nolan uh, Batmans, is in Batman Begins, um, when, uh, when they reach, like, towards the end, He's fighting off with Ra's al Ghul and Ra's al Ghul kind of like gets trapped on a speeding locomotive that's going to inevitably crash. And he goes, well, you've taken a vow not to kill people. So you have to say uh, you have to, you know, you can't let me die. And he goes, yeah, I don't kill people. 
but that doesn't mean I have to save them. And gets out. It's like, like he lets he lets Ra's al Ghul die uh, from that in that. Yeah, and like that's a questionable move. Yeah. Whereas in this one, like, yeah, that that cop was a bad guy. Yeah, that cop had committed murders. He was crooked, and he was working for Falcone and uh, Penguin. Like he was all a part of that crowd. He absolutely did plenty to deserve a death sentence, and it wouldn't have been at Batman's hands at all. But the first person to stop him from falling off that roof, Batman. Right, and uh, it's it's like a sin of omission kind of a thing. The things mm-hmm. you don't do to help people, you still have a hand in their demise. Like, choosing to do nothing is still doing something. That's a big choice. That's a line from Negan. Is it? <laughs> yeah, in the in the show, he's like talking to Rick or whatever, and he's like, he's like, uh, he's like, I just want you to know that I'm making you make a decision, and trust me when I say, not making a decision is a very big decision, you know. And it's like kind okay. of the same thing. Yeah, you know, I didn't make it past the third episode of The Walking Dead, so <laughs> I I know of Negan, but I have no idea. Like the I first know none of that. So. Slow. <laughs> Um, it gets stupid later on, but anyway, uh, uh, the themes. So one thing we haven't touched on and we're running close to time. So I really want to talk, we might run a little late, um, but is the mayor or at least the one who is going to be mayor at the end (laughs) of this movie. Um, she's, you know, she's a, you know, you can see they went for the strong woman, you know, kind of, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't think it played to the detriment of the movie at all. They definitely, I, they, I think they catered a little bit to some, some, some aspects, but I don't think it was in a pandering way. I think yeah, that it, didn't it was feel in a very like a creative and a very effective way, actually. Yeah. Um, and so, so, of course, she's a black woman, which is different from your casual, your usual white guy running for office kind mm-hmm. of a thing, which is I thought they did really well. And um, in and one thing she does really I was like I, the whole movie, I didn't really care about her at all. I was like, whatever. But then this one moment she had, uh, which is where um, it's toward the end and the Riddler's goons are ready to just open fire on this crowd of people who are taking refuge from the flood. Mm-hmm. Which I don't, I don't understand why that was even a thing because of River, because of the Riddler's sense of like exposing the truth doesn't have to be killing people who have nothing to do with it. Anyway, one moment is she is like, I think, I can't remember if it's Gordon or somebody else, but they stop her from going out to the podium as people are rushing into this building to take refuge so she can talk to them. And they stop her and they're like, wait, 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 it's really dangerous. Like, you're probably going to get killed if you go out there. We know that they're here somewhere and it's not a good idea. And she's like, fuck that. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to talk to my people. Uh, and it had me thinking in the theater, like, wow, that was a really good move on their part, making her make that decision. Not only it's a little cliche, but but she takes this stance. Uh that not a lot of leaders in the world take, right? When something like that happens, the general response by the leader is to hide or to recoup or figure out a plan. But in this one, she sees the villains in Gotham as bullies, really. Mm -hmm. And for her, the solution to beating a bully is to stand up to them. Yeah. And that's what she does. And she gets shot. <laughs> mm-hmm. She doesn't die, thank God. So we get yeah. to see more of her later and hopefully in a future installment. Um, 
but she stands up to them and I think that it inspires her town to do the same. There's a scene in a movie called Daddy's Girls that I saw a long time ago. And it's this movie in which, like, this dude is is fighting for custody of his kids. And, like, his his ex-wife marries this gangbanger who just, like, is the worst person ever. But he basically controls this city. And the gang controls the city. And so the police are too afraid to do anything. And at the end of the movie, the, the dad just kind of, like, he basically faces off against the gang on his own. And then, like, the whole town basically rallies up together and they push out this gang that's been ru- that's been running their city. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a really cool theme that the Batman kind of starts at the end. Um, the mayor's kind of giving this speech of, like, no more. Yep. The the crime, the, the, the destruction, that's not happening anymore. We're putting a stop to it. And I think that's a... That's a really good establishment for the city of Gotham and for Batman as a franchise. Um, I've talked a lot on that one, but that's just because there's so much to it. And that's not the only thing, too. Uh, there's also the scene when, like, the people are in the water and there's that electrical wire that's hanging down and Batman, mm-hmm. like, cuts it and he falls into the water and then he has to help the people out. And it's really his first act as a hero. Yeah. Well, that's so that's one of those like that was a that was a Batman sacrificing himself like he he gets electrocuted from that. Um, You know, he's kind of he's making that that motion towards, you know, hero. He laid his life on the line instead of just being that that thing that goes bump in the night for all the bad guys doing bad things. He's actually, you know, clearly able to, you know, put his life on the line for things. And I mean, that was. I li- so I liked that she ran out and and like yeah, had yeah. that conversation like had that deal. I I didn't think that it was cliche enough to really like have an issue with it. I, I felt like it no, was no, the no, right no. the right cliche there because yeah, one exactly. of the big things, the big theme about the whole the whole movie about her whole campaign was about how everybody that was running the city wasn't actually doing anything to affect change. They were indifferent. They put on a face and said that they were, you know, here to help. And then they didn't do shit. And that was like a a constant thing. And that was something that was constantly kind of brought up by everybody who wasn't crooked in the movie was like, all these people are not doing things that they should be doing for this town, even though they're supposed to be doing things for this town, like yada, yada. And she, you know, was the first big public figure to actually be like line. yes i'm gonna do that yeah yes i'm gonna be here for you guys no i'm not running away you're not escorting me off to a bomb shelter these people are scared and someone needs to make them less scared yeah i think i yeah like what i meant by cliche was like the kind of like the uh i don't know i guess kind of a, like a meta like i'm the i'm the hero that you all Gotcha. weren't expecting kind of a deal but it but but you're right it's done in such a good way that like it doesn't even come off as a cliche it's more mm-hmm. of a like a like a like damn good for her she's yeah. putting her life on the line she's being a leader mm-hmm. um which is exactly what she's supposed to do yeah. uh and the people are like super scared of batman when he reaches out his hand and then they see him help a kid and they reluctantly just yeah. like he helps them one by one and then like what I thought was the co- one of the coolest shots is he's holding up a flare and he's leading them through the water in the darkness. Mm-hmm. And so, like, symbolically, he's, like, being their light in the dark. He's being their hero. Yeah. But I think also that scene kind of shows that, like, Batman lives in the dark, right? He's this mm-hmm. He's this guy that lurks in the dark. 
I think it's also like a bit symbolic of him coming out of the darkness a little bit. Yeah. That was, kind of that becoming... was a, a big, I am justice, not I am vengeance moment. I think cause it was, it just, that follows just after his little run in with the, the other guy that's like, you know, I am vengeance. And then, you know, he jumps, he cuts the, the electrical wire, gets electrocuted, falls into the water, gets up out of the water and then goes and starts saving people. I think that was, it was a really big, like very clearly transformative moment for Batman where it's like, he clearly went from, I am vengeance. I'm revenging the people who have been wronged or avenging the people who have been wronged in this city to, I am justice. I'm here to protect the people. Exactly. My job is to make sure that you all continue to live the life that you want, not you know that I'm just here to beat up the thugs that are causing problems exactly like it the movie man the movie has so much depth for a Batman movie and I know that that's weird to say because a lot of people know that depth already and they love Mm -hmm. Batman but for me this was my first time um, experiencing that depth Mm -hmm. for the character and it could be because I was younger when all the other films came out and I just was too dumb to understand but um but for me, this movie was really like, I mean, just the fact that we can sit here and talk about it for an hour and a half <laughs> and talk about these themes that are so underlined in the movie and the directorial choices that just helped enhance all of those themes. It's one of the best superhero movies out there, I think, personally. That's saying a lot considering Marvel and what they've done. But I think in terms of like an origin story and a um, a different take on a on a rehashed character, it's I think this is my overall opinion, and I guess we'll kind of move toward toward the uh, toward the what we overall thought and our ratings and whatever. I think it's the best Batman film to date. I think it's the best iteration of Batman to date, and I would give the movie a very solid, like, 8.5 out of 10. And my out of 10s, like, the the only way something could be in 10 is if I watch the movie and I go, that's a 10. Bam. And I know it right away. That's how I know it's a 10 out of 10. I didn't get that with this movie. There were a few th- things I guess probably could have been a little better, but it's like an 8.5, maybe 9 out of 10, I think. Like, if you see it on TV, watch it. If you have the opportunity to see it in theaters, watch it. That's how yeah. I feel about it anyway. I'd I I very much think that this was probably one of the most solid Batman reboots that we're going to see for a long time. Um Oh yeah. I as much as I absolutely love the the Christopher Nolan Batman films, I think I agree that it it is above them. You think so? Thank think you so. cuz like I was telling that to the people I know and they're like the Dark Knight is the best. Like it's still the Dark Knight and I was like you know, the I, I haven't seen The Dark Knight in a while, you know, to be fair. Uh, maybe but I need to rewatch. But, uh, I might need to rewatch it, but I feel like people love that mostly for Heath Ledger and mm-hmm. not for Batman. Yeah. So if you're if you're and loving you, like, the movie for Batman, I think it's this one. As far as your as far as rating a Batman movie because Batman Yeah. Yeah, I think like, this one. If for you're sure. if you're saying that it's better because it's Heath Ledger, you know, because of Heath Ledger's Joker, like that's not that's not liking it because it's a Batman movie. That's liking it because it's a Joker movie. For exactly, you, it's a Joker yeah. movie if you're all about the Heath Ledger and not about the actual Batman. Yeah, and I think a lot of people want to keep Heath Ledger's legacy of, of you know, yeah. like, oh, that's the best, you know, Batman film that we and, have. And, and he, true. he did an excellent job portraying the Joker. I yeah. really loved Heath Ledger's Joker. Um, and you can keep but, that legacy 
and have a better Batman film. Absolutely. <laughs> you can have both. It just, yeah. for me, like you said, you know, if you're talking about Batman's, I really think this one is the best one. Um, it's just really refreshing to see DC come out with something so strong. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, what, what would you give it out of 10? Like, I probably, I'd probably give it an eight. Yeah. 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 I, you know, and I, I'm not like a super harsh movie critic, but I'm also not like, I could see a bad movie in a theater and I'd probably be like, that was a bad movie, bro. Um, See, I, when it comes to me being critical of movies, like there's, there's a level that I reach, like I have two sets generally of like how I rate things. There's. If it, if it belongs to some collection, I have my rating of it as this collection, like being a part of this collection, and then I have my rating as like an overall movie. Like, overall movie, probably gonna, like I'd probably, yeah, it'd probably be the same for this one. Like, like as eights. a Batman movie, probably, well, I don't know, as a Batman movie, it'd probably be more eight and a half, nine for me personally, as a movie in general, like eight. Yeah. Like, cause that's, I've done, I did a similar thing with, um, uh, what was that? It was supposed to be, it was a uh, Creed. That was the name of the movie. It was supposed to be that, like, it was supposed to be like a, a new, like spinoff Rocky direction. Like yeah. it had Rocky in it and did it like a lot of people were complaining that it was terrible and did it. And I was like, as a Rocky movie, it was horrible as a movie itself. It was actually pretty good. Like, right, and that's very as a fair. movie objectively good movie as a Rocky movie horrible <laughs> you always got to keep that in mind when you're watching and, a movie based on like franchises or series yeah. is like you have to kind of like decide whether or not you're looking at it as a standalone film or as part of the part of the series and I think that's a really good approach is having two different yeah. uh, not even rating systems just two different mindsets when watching yeah. movies like that and that's there because there are a lot of really good movies that are really good movies but because they belong to a specific grouping of movies, they're not, they don't appear as great because they didn't, you know, they didn't follow the storyline very well, or there was some kind of gap in the, the, you know, there was plot holes or whatever it was like, it can be a really good movie and be absolutely horrible for the franchise. (laughs) Yeah. So like that's, I, I personally prefer to kind of like look at it objectively as well as in, in connection. And yeah, for a Batman movie, it was phenomenal. Yeah, it's one of those movies that like if you like if you if you still watch cable, if you're someone that still watches cable and you see it on your on your guide and you're like, oh, this just started. Watch it. Put it on because yeah. it's going to be 100 percent worth your time if you're looking for something. That's to watch. good. Um, loved it. Great job. To all of all of the people involved. If- if this trend is the way that we're going with the rest of the DC stuff that they're planning on putting out, I'm going to be very happy. Oh yeah, because like I don't I don't remember if that was in the trailer before the movie or if it was in some of the trailer afterward. Um, and there was something at the end of this movie. Oh, it was the prison scene with with mm-hmm. Riddler and the Joker. That's what they teased. Yep. But um, like we were talking about earlier, they they release like this trailer of like all the movies they're going to, they're going to do the flash. They're going to do, I think wonder woman was in there. I think um, yeah. they're going to do, uh, the green lantern. I think, I don't know I don't if know. I saw him. I don't remember that one. I know that they have plans for, they had like a whole montage of all yeah. the movies that they plan to do. It's like three or four movies. If it's I like remember, they're rebooting the universe. If I remember correctly, they've got another flash movie coming for sure. They've got a Batgirl movie that's supposed to be happening. Um, and that's actually, they're supposed to be from, from what I understand, they're wanting to, um, 
do the Justice League with the Flash and Batgirl creating it instead of Batman, and they want to push that direction. Interesting. That'll be an interesting take. So, if they do it well, it could could be really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you said, like if this is a, a picture of things to come, mm-hmm. give me more. I'm yep. excited. Yeah. If it's, if it's a window into, into future DC films and where they're going with the franchise now, I'm, I'm happy for it. I'm excited for it. And, I I want to see it. And if they continue to improve on it, they could be rivaling Marvel. Like they really could in terms of like seriousness and, um, I think that their production quality still needs to be upped a little bit in terms of comparison to Marvel because they have Disney, you know, so yeah. <laughs> they're forking over huge bucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. DC's just got Warner. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think I think Warner hasn't been doing too well in the last in the recent years anyway. They've kind of just riding a plateau. That's, to how, be I, totally that's honest, how it like, seems. It hasn't been like a look at all these cool new things that are coming from Warner. It's just been like, yeah, Warner. Meanwhile, Disney's like, acquiring every company in the world, yeah, and every streaming service. Yeah, Ugh. so they have a ton of product uh, production uh, pull. Yeah, um, but you know, I think I think that uh, this is a great start for DC. Very happy with with what happened. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to get out on the cast about this movie? I, I think, think I said it. everything that I, I think wanted I'm to. good. Yeah, <laughs> I, think that's um, it. I, I guess just one one last disclaimer for all the comic fans out there and all the people who disagree with me or know that I said something that's wrong. Um, I mean, feel free to correct me, but please don't come at me <laughs> <laughs> like like tell me I'm wrong, but don't yell at me. Because if you go and yell at me, I'm just going to ignore you. I promise. I mean, or if you <laughs> yell at him, the the best case scenario is that I get to you first and reply before Kevin does. <laughs> no, I won't be mean. I just won't answer it. Like, if you're going to yell at me, I'm not going to answer it. But if you correct me, if it's just like a, hey, so you said this and that's wrong. It's actually this. Cool. Totally. But if you're like, you're an idiot. This is totally wrong. Did it? You got my Batman wrong. Nope. We're done. Like, I'm not answering. I'll let Danny answer that one. Well... So that's our thoughts on the Batman. We loved it. Um, hopefully you do too if you've seen it. Uh, hopefully you will if you plan yeah. to watch it. Um, yeah, hopefully you didn't listen to this having not seen the movie. <laughs> yeah. Unless you have zero intention of watching it, which I again, I'm going to recommend that you change that thought process because seriously, it was good. Yeah. And uh, and I think even if you listen to this and we even spoil some stuff for you, I really think it's still a great, I think you could still have a really good time watching it. I, I really don't think that the blindness plays as much of a part as like Spider-Man does. Yeah. You know? Other movies were like big surprises were like a huge portion of it. This one, it's not really like the only thing that we might have ruined was that, that towards the end scene with the Riddler where he's, Bruce. yeah, that's probably the biggest surprise that you might have as an audience. Yeah. And it's, it's just a tease. It's, it's really not the only real. thing that we ruined like everything else. Like, yeah, you know, it's going to happen now, but it doesn't really hurt the movie at all. And like, it's more it so about the, the delivery and, and yeah. how the movie does it is. Yeah. Is and so we're not going to be able to deliver it as perfectly as the movie does. Yeah. Like, um, so I guess we'll, we'll, we'll zoom out of here. So yeah. yeah, we're at an hour and 35. So great job to us. Damn, I feel like we've only been talking for like 20 minutes. I know <laughs> it goes by so fast every time, man, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Um, hopefully you go see the movie and love it. Uh, me and Kevin are going to be out of here for the day. So we both hope that you all stay safe, stay happy. And above all else, stay nerdy. We'll catch you next time. Have a good evening.